0: Hello,
1: pod. I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to the latest in our series of Empire Podcast spoiler specials. This one is dedicated to Pirates of the Caribbean, colon, Salazar's Revenge, or if you're listening in the United States of America, Pirates of the Caribbean, colon, Dead Men Tell No Tales. It's the fifth and possibly final installment in the much-loved Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, the first since 2011's On Stranger Tides. Uh, And over the next hour or so... Myself, James Dyer, and Helen O'Hara will be getting into the film in all sorts of mind-bogglingly, spoilerific detail. Uh, So if you have not seen the film, stop, don't listen to this, go to the cinema, watch the movie, come back, and then listen to it. Make sense? Makes sense. Okay, but before you hear us talking about the film, uh, I went recently to Disneyland Paris. Uh, not just for shits and giggles, but to interview the directors of the film, Joachim Ronning, who looks a bit like Jurgen Klopp, the manager of Liverpool Football Club, by the way, and uh, Espen Sandberg, uh, and we spoke to them in great detail about the movie's many twists and turns, and they were a lot of fun. Uh, Oh, and by the way, we started off talking about the movie's biggest revelation, the presence of one Sir Paul McCartney. Enjoy. We're delighted to be joined on the empire podcast by joachim running and espen sandberg directors of pirates of the caribbean Salazar's revenge or dead men tell no tales what what do you prefer let's let's get this out in the open once and for all
2: what do you prefer <laughs> no well, i would say dead men tell no tales yeah that's yeah. that's the title
3: that we've had yeah, all yeah. along so
2: but something I, I, happened exactly i didn't even know what i didn't no? have until i saw the poster <laughs> from <out of> UK. <laughs> 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 so so I didn't know what's that uh, somebody got creative yeah and so Javier got very happy Javier Bardem he was like hmm oh yeah 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 more, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more royalties for
1: me <laughs> <laughs> I don't is that how it works if you're name checked on the poster you I, get more that, royalties it, it's like that's, the new that's, characters <laughs> that's
3: why they had Dead Men so they didn't have to pay anyone <laughs> precisely
1: precisely um, but the, uh, the the film I, Dead Men Tell No Tales works nicely it is it is a theme that is dotted and studded all the way through the movie is yeah it? and yeah. It's, o-
3: it's also from the original Ride at Disney. That's what they say as you. Okay,
2: dive yeah, into the you dark the first air. drop there. Yeah. Interesting. They say dead man tell no, and then they, and then you drop into this.
1: See, I haven't done it yet. Uh, we're here at the Disneyland Paris, and I haven't yet done the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. So. No, neither
2: have we. Actually, we just arrived, so we're, we're going to do it now. I think they closed it down for us. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't close it down for me. No, <laughs> it's, uh, they never. Usually, they don't do it for us either. <laughs> but uh, they did it. Uh, you know, we just came in from Shanghai, and they did it there uh-huh. uh, as well. So Very we're nice. getting used to it now.
1: Do you get Do you get Johnny coming out in costume on, on your ride? Is that what happens? Does he come out and... <laughs> does he
2: not go... Does he usually <laughs> not do that?
1: I think he does it every day now. It's, yeah. uh, he, he likes it. It's it's something that's good for him. Um, I want to start... Uh, obviously, this is a spoiler special. So I want to talk uh, with the, the, the big talking point of the movie, the one thing everyone's going to be
2: talking about, Paul McCartney. <laughs> hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, what huge, a, huge Beatles what fan. A, what a treat to yeah. To have him, you know, and to to work with him, it's a funny story because, um, you know, as you know, <coughs> Keith Richard uh, was the played the, the, the Jack Sparrow's dad in the in the series, of course, and uh, we ha- we had a scene for him, we were ready to go, and then uh, he couldn't do it from scheduling, mm-hmm. and we were shooting in Australia, and it's like you know it, it didn't work, so we sat down with with Johnny and uh, uh, you know made a made a very short list of uh, <laughs> of potential substitutes because we really wanted it you know it was yeah. it was something that the I think you know the film could definitely be without it but it's part of the it's part of the franchise it's part of this universe that we we, you, we give you these kind of treats yes um, and uh, at the very top of that list that we made uh, was of course uh, Sir Paul McCartney and uh, how do we get hold of him and then Johnny like oh Oh, I remember i have I have his phone number you know he went <laughs> <laughs> and he's sc- as you do as you do you know you're they're in the same club uh, I'm apparently. Just, I'm just checking my phone book <laughs> yeah exactly I don't have Paul McCartney's number no exactly and uh, neither do we um and uh he scrolled through it and he started texting him and uh, and he responded and this went on for a couple of days back and forth and the uh, the lingo became more and more piratey, and you know, we oh, okay. we yeah, realized yeah, yeah. that okay, we we got him, <laughs> and and we were so thrilled, you know, to have him and and to shoot with him. Mm. Um, he was such a such a professional, such a prince, and yeah, and, and such a great actor.
1: Yeah. Well, he hasn't acted since, if I'm right in thinking. Give my regards to Broad Street
2: which is a movie well, that, that put him off acting and everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. yeah. And before that was probably Hard Day's Night, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're right and and, and uh, he he uh, he loved putting on the the pirate stuff and it, it you know he put actually put on too much of it and he changed <laughs> his accent And, he, you know and we said no if, because we got very nervous that we wouldn't nobody would recognize him yeah. you know, they wouldn't yeah. see and he's now even now he's hard to i don't think i mean half the the the, the room still don't see that that is him i think yeah um so uh no we were so happy he, he does his liverpool you know accent and you know it's it's just uh uh one of those moments on on this amazing journey yeah. yeah
1: and of course he he is at the moment as as we're talking people only know him Uh, thanks to the internet, as Jail Guard 2. And that's not the (laughs) truth. That's not the truth. He is Uncle Jack. Can you you talk about that? I mean, because obviously he was meant to be Captain Teague and then you had to change it.
2: Yeah, I mean he's uh, yeah his uncle, he's he's Jack Sparrow's uncle in the so which makes uh, Keith his brother, I guess, and, and uh, you <laughs> it's know quite, quite or, the or family could tree. Be. It's, yeah, it's like the <laughs> coolest family tree, uh, you know. So we're we're bringing you know Rolling Stones and Beatles together, and uh, of course we love that, and Johnny yeah. loved it. It was you know those two together on, uh, there's there's they're hilarious, you know. It's going to be one hell of
1: a pirate supergroup when you get those guys together. Yep. You're going to yep. have <laughs> Captain Teague on guitar, Uncle Jack on bass, yeah. ja- jamming on the upper yeah. party. <laughs> ja- Johnny can play decent guitar as well. Oh, he's, so, he's, you know, he's, he's very good. This will be all right. Oh, one last Paul McCartney question before uh, we move on to uh, perhaps more plot significant stuff. Uh, uh, he, he we hear him before we see him, or we hear him singing Maggie May, mm-hmm. which is a, a an old Liverpool folk song, and obviously John Lennon sings it on the, the Let It Be album. Yeah. Was that why you you chose that? Is that yeah. I'm going to let Espen sure, answer some
2: yeah, questions. No, no. Uh, but uh, um, again, talking about magic moments, uh, shooting parts of the Caribbean. Um, so on the day, we, ha- we have Paul McCartney for one day. And, uh, you know, it's a rush day. And it's a lot of pressure, I think, on us as well. Because this is a scene we know will for sure end up in the movie mm. you know so it, it better be good <laughs> uh, and uh, we wanted Paul to uh, to be singing in the in the jail scene That so we, we hear him singing before we see him um, and there we you know we were discussing uh, what song what song to sing and and uh, of course he suggested, suggested this song and it was it was the the, the, the perfect song for it and uh, so we shoot we shoot the scene, and as you do at the at the end of at the end of the day, uh, in order to to get his singing you know recorded clean, mm-hmm. uh, we we do a uh, we do a wild take of the of the of the um, just the, the vocal. Mm-hmm. So everybody on the stage on the soundstage they stop working. everybody's standing still. We're behind our monitors listening uh, in on our headsets, mm-hmm. and. We're recording Sir Paul McCartney, you know, singing, and um, it it doesn't get bigger <laughs> than that in 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 my book at least. So, uh, it's a,
1: it's an excellent moment, excellent moment. Um, let's talk about the uh, the the film itself then. Um, and you book you bookend the film with uh, Will, and then ultimately Will and Elizabeth, and you tie it very much into the first. Three movies. Was that something that you wanted to do going into this specifically tie it back in?
3: Yeah, I mean, we we um, we wanted this movie to feel important to the fans, that this is a movie that you sort of need to see. Uh, of course, we also wanted to work as a standalone movie, but uh, we were we also know that there are millions of fans out there, and this is sort of a moment that they've been waiting for. Mm. So. We really wanted
1: to give them that. Because the, the end of uh, Pirates 3 with Will receiving the curse, yeah, that's a real kick in the teeth. <laughs> I yeah. mean, so it's... So, a, it's, yeah, a, it's almost yeah. a downer. <laughs> it's, it's a real downer yeah. ending. Yeah. Um, but it was important to you then to give that
2: character some resolution. Yeah, and to, to see them together again, you know, mm. to, to bring the band back together. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we we were so... we Actually, the original script didn't have... That scene didn't have uh, Kira in it, didn't have uh, Elizabeth Swann in it. And uh, we just realized as we moved along and starting shooting with uh, Orlando and uh, starting shooting his scenes and then realizing that, oh my God, we need to bring them back. We need to bring them back together. And and, uh, as Espen is saying, uh, I think a lot of people want to to see them back together and uh, so we asked Kira if she wanted to do it and we were thrilled and you know when she said yes but you know she was shooting another movie in London so we, we moved the production to London for a day <laughs> and and shot them you know it was a, and again one of those magical mo- moments were f- f- from for us being fans so the franchise seeing you know Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan hugging and kissing for a day (laughs) you know it was amazing
1: hello Kira yes we want you to come back Uh, you gotta kiss Orlando (laughs) for a day yeah yeah, and then just lying in bed yeah somebody has to do it it's tough it's tough you're in okay great we'll come to you it's fine (laughs) exactly Um, uh, did Kira take much persuasion or was was she okay with with, with coming back no No, it was very smooth yeah. yeah Excellent. And she's also uh, at the end of the, the movie in the post-credit sting, which I, I assume you guys directed. It's not like the Marvel yeah. movies where someone else oh, sometimes di- sometimes the, another director ah. will direct those, those bits at the end. No, mm-hmm. no. Um, was that, was it, uh, this movie feels very final to me. It feels like it is almost intended to be the, the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie. But the post-credit sting indicates that you might be leaving the door open, possibly, shouldn't we <laughs> <laughs> well you know you you know, Jack's still around he still has the
3: compass you know yeah he'll always be around so we'll, we'll we'll see we don't know what the future brings and we'll see how well this movie does but uh mm. yeah we 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 like those little treats it's also a part of the franchise and we, mm. we thought it was cool
1: and so that's uh presumably davy jones possibly that we see at the end of the film can you uh can you comment on that uh oh yeah
2: is there a question it's not
1: no, I'm just I'm just saying, I mean,
2: you know, <laughs> what's real and what's fantasy? What, yeah, you know, oh, you what, mean what like is, that. What is dream that's and what the is question? Not. Although that's yeah. right. That's right. That's the question. <laughs> Was it a dream? <laughs> we shall
1: see. In Pirate Six, yeah. Davy Jones returns. Uh, working title. Uh, so, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the revenge of Davy Jones. <laughs> and the the, the movie uh, again. I don't. I'm not sure how openly uh, this is known at the moment, as we're recording this. But uh, Brenton plays obviously Will and Elizabeth's son, Henry Turner. Um, he's credited pretty much as Henry at the moment. I don't think people necessarily know that. Again, can you talk about that decision to to make. Uh, Henry Turner the, the the focal point essentially of of the movie which is very much about fathers and sons and daughters and sons yeah
3: fathers. it is a sort of a family theme in in mm. this movie too and and we do know that there's a lot of families going to see this movie together and uh, we want want it to work for for everybody um, but uh, it's also it was important for us to sort of go back to the way first movie is made where you have a, a young couple that's sort of driving the story and then jack crashed the party <laughs> and where things start happening and and we wanted the same kind of structure because we felt that that really works mm-hmm. uh, also because jack doesn't really have an arc you okay, know, yeah. he's, he he's is the guy he is. And he's unchanging. He's unchanging. He, he's and learned
0: nothing. He's learned nothing at the end of the movie.
3: <laughs> he's, the uh, end of the movie. <laughs> he's the same guy. So so you need that, uh, uh, some, some normal people uh-huh. uh, in the middle and with all these crazy characters. And, and yeah, we were very happy to get Brenton on board and also Kajos Godelario, obviously.
1: At what point did you realize uh, as the story developed that not only was Henry... Uh, will and elizabeth's son but that uh, karina was barbosa's daughter at what point did that come wow, come this about this is
2: so major spoiler i hope you will put like the <laughs> 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 <It's> <laughs> these are major spoiler major warning. spoilers don't worry this is this, <laughs> is this is this is
1: out a long time i think this this podcast comes out in
2: 2027 yeah, okay. okay so don't yeah. worry about it it's totally fine it's totally fine <laughs> you're gonna shelf it yeah, <laughs> yeah no uh, as you say it, it it is a strong theme in the in the movie and i think that um what we like about it and uh, you know is that a treasure is not necessarily always a casket of gold you know mm-hmm. um yeah so uh, and it's it's also something we can relate to you know we both have kids and and uh, to be able to to do a movie like this and a story like this for for them mm-hmm. you know and something that they can relate to, and it's also important. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's in there.
1: Was that a story point that you hit upon early, or was it something yes. that happened fairly
3: late? Uh, it, no, it, it was very early, mm-hmm. and then we've been working on it for a long time, but we 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 love Barbosa, mm-hmm. and uh, we know the fans too, and we really wanted to give him a great arc, and a great ending, and we felt that this was very powerful, that we meet him at the beginning of the movie, and he's a fat cat, He's got everything he ever wanted but he's not happy mm. and I think there's a couple of reasons why he I think he actually missed Jack yeah and the uh, black pearl of course but also he th- there is th- there is a treasure that he hasn't really found yet then and, mm. and he comes to realize that at the end of the movie and and we feel it's a really beautiful story for him
0: mm.
1: And is he completely unaware that he has a daughter? I mean, he is. It's it's news to him when he discovers. Or no, he's because he's no. la- he left his daughter, but the yeah yes, yeah, so, he, he is, he, so he's yeah.
2: aware of it, and I think that's also why he has maybe an emptiness inside yeah. of him that he is aware of it, and you know that his his uh, vict- victory as a as the, the the king of all pirates now is is a hollow one. You know? Yes, of course. Yeah um it's a very interesting decision as well to give
1: barbosa such an emotional send-off and of course again major spoilers <laughs> uh, an ending uh, a definitive ending um is it definitive i mean this is a character we've seen he's, die before he's exactly he's <laughs> died <laughs> before so we'll see but
3: uh I yeah we'll see yeah. We, we we can we're not making all the decisions okay
1: okay um uh, can we talk about Salazar as well sure there, he's a very interesting character and uh, th- there's a there's a, a long stretch of the movie where you begin where I began to think of him in um, as almost the equivalent of Ed Harris in The Rock in that he's a bad guy who has a point he's operating from a strange moral centre but he wants to wipe out pirates and Is that bad? I don't know necessarily. Reference, yeah. But is it? it, Can you talk about that character and the moral ambiguity of of Yeah, no.
3: I I think I don't think bad guys believe that they are bad guys Mm -hmm. themselves, and uh, we we
2: think that was certainly important for Javier.
3: Absolutely, and and I think the reason why the the bad guys (laughs) or the the uh, the villains in in this franchise have has worked so well also in the previous movies is because. They do have a pain. Mm-hmm. They do have something human about them that we can relate to and understand. Mm-hmm. And that makes them yeah, more, have more dimensions that we appreciate. And, and we really wanted that for, for Javier Salazar too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we worked really hard to, to make him layered mm-hmm. and to make him also relatable at a certain level.
1: Mm. Uh, and speaking of uh, re- relatability, um, towards the end of the movie... Uh, when you make Salazar and his crew Flesh and Blood uh for a second i thought you were going to redeem him totally uh was there did you discuss doing that uh did you, did you want
2: to push it in a, in a different way and maybe keep him alive in <coughs> the, the film yeah i i think that um it's not called Salazar's revenge for nothing <laughs> <laughs> uh you know i i still uh well we we talked about a million things (laughs) you know working on this script of course and especially especially the resolution and 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 salazar's uh resolution and uh um i think that we landed on that his his revenge he he still wanted revenge even you know for those many many years in hell even in that that uh, few seconds where he's human yeah
3: yeah and how do you kill a guy that's already dead (laughs) <laughs> uh you have to make him human again
1: so okay then, then you can kill him yeah poor guy gets drowned again i, tell you, I, I yeah, felt, we we. <laughs> i felt sorry for his second in command as well he gets who, stabbed uh, and yeah. he
3: gets his head smashed in and then
1: we yeah. drown him and then i drown him again. <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: just to make sure yeah it's, it's,
1: it's fairly definitive he'll come back <laughs> Salazar's uh, Revenge. Again, that's, that's number seven, working title. Um, and uh, there's, there's the, the idea that runs all the way through, obviously, the, the MacGuffin in the movie is the Trident of Poseidon. And the, mm. the opening image of the film is that sketch of Poseidon uh, with the Trident. Um, given how insane these movies have been in the past, was there talk at any point of having Poseidon himself appear?
2: I don't think so. I don't. I no. don't think so either. I think that. I mean, well, for us, it's uh, you know we are we are definitely having uh, fant- you know strong fantasy elements in in the movie, uh, but we tried to limit them somehow. Uh, it it is um, it's it's always going to be important for us to 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 Ground it, even a part of the Caribbean, and mm. and uh, I mean, that said, we, we, we this is a this is we have lots of fantastical elements, but I think that um, that was probably one of those things that because it it, it did have actually even more fantasy elements in the some of the earlier drafts, um and then we we shaved them off a little bit because we felt it was was uh, it was enough of it mm-hmm. and we wanted to concentrate more on the characters and and um not make it too fantastical and and not bring in Poseidon at the top of that you yes. know as as a, you know as the as the the final boss <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, now you now you're in trouble. Here's Poseidon. Yeah, okay, I, I get exactly. that. Um, the idea of the of the Trident of Poseidon, the idea of of curses being built into it, and uh, uh, can you talk about that and where that came from as the as the overarching well,
2: well, I think that you know, making a part of the Caribbean, uh, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> no, no pun intended here, uh, because there's such a vast mythology mm-hmm. in the series, in the franchise itself. And so it's tricky. It's 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 um choppy waters. Uh, because at one on one side we need to honor that mythology and not step on anything that's already been promised or or told or you know if there's a backstory for for certain things or, or characters. Um, you know and, and there's been a lot of it. It's like, you know, uh ten 10, 11, 12 hours of film already yeah, <laughs> made yeah. um, and then at the same time it's important to, to bring new mythology into the story uh, and and thanks to the brilliant Jeff Nathanson, the, our screen screenwriter that survived I think four years you know on this project and uh, and helped us navigate through all of that and um, and thanks to him, you know we are where we are now. There's also
1: the uh, the the idea running through the film of the the map that no man can read uh, that, that Karina can read because obviously she's not a man <laughs> but um there's the the Ruby at the end when they reach the island uh now i read that that means that perhaps probosa had been there before is is that true or am i misreading?
2: well i think that uh i mean he he takes the ruby from her from karina uh or the monkey takes the ruby from karina on the black pearl so that's how that's how he has the ruby and then um uh i think that again having been a pirate for so many years i think he's has an intuition. <laughs> okay, so it's not it's not his necessarily. <laughs> no, dependency. maybe
3: okay. maybe Galileo Galilei was there.
2: Okay, yeah. interesting. yes. Uh, it was on his book. Yeah, so I think it's it's part of like you know um, a combination of that. Okay, interesting.
1: Uh, and uh, just to talk about. Jack as well Um, because you say Jack doesn't change is that is that uh, something that you guys wanted to uh, make sure it happened in this film as well he didn't change he didn't learn from his mistakes uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, people love Jack Sparrow yeah and I think that they want
3: Jack Sparrow uh, the way he is Mm -hmm. Uh, because he stands for something that we can't have but we sort of love you know that kind of freedom that kind of uh, to do whatever you want and, and it won't really have any consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we sort of at the same time wanted to learn more about him mm-hmm. and that's why we created this backstory mm-hmm. in the film. That was something that Joachim and I felt very strongly for just to get a little peek into his his backstory and uh, and also give audience something that they
1: didn't know already mm. and you you make a very conscious decision to tie in his his backstory his origin essentially with yeah. with salazar's origin yes. can you elaborate on that
3: yeah uh we we feel that uh, the revenge story uh will of course be much stronger if we've been a part of it mm-hmm. if we understand why uh salazar is so pissed with him <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, at the same time learn something about how Jack became Jack the Sparrow. Uh we d- we just f- thought that was really fun uh and interesting and and we wanted to see how it would play
2: out. Mm. So and also with with today's technology it's it's possible to do something like that. You know, we shot yeah. that with Johnny Depp and wow. then uh you know spent almost a year um youthifying him as we say <laughs> <laughs> you know g- bringing him back to 21 Jump Street yes jo- Johnny Depp yeah. so they, they can remake it now <laughs> they can they, they really can
1: it's it's scary I I don't know whether you guys have seen Guardians 2 yet no and, I haven't yeah, had a Kurt chance Kurt Russell that. The road that oh yeah equally freaky it's, oh. it's we're, we're at a very scary time right That's, now it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's it, I wonder if it was the same effects house which effects house did Lola. that work Lola same same effects yeah, house yeah amazing they'll
3: do well all, all the all the actors can have comebacks now, <laughs> yeah.
1: and it's a, a very interesting moment. So you, you, um, you, in that moment, you create Jack's nickname. Does that mean Jack Sparrow is not his real name? That he's been going by a nickname for the last thirty? I think it was 30, Jack the years? Cabin Boy. Jack the Cabin Boy <laughs> for that's a while. His, that's his name. Okay, okay, yeah.
2: No, that's a, that something. That's 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 a, that's a joke. I uh, know. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the Sparrow name. Um, it
3: is a n- nickname.
2: It is a nickname, yeah. So what's his real name? Just ask name? Johnny about that. Yeah. McCartney. maybe
3: there's another movie that will
1: <laughs> come without that. Well, presumably Teague would be his name, right? Yeah. Jack Jack well, Teague.
3: Or Teague barrel?
1: doesn't. Yeah, sound Teague, right. yeah no, Yeah, doesn't. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> you also have this um, this moment of where he's given his his costume, which is very much almost like that um, the Clint Eastwood's Man with No Name getting his costume as he yeah. goes through uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Um, I'm nodding approval. <laughs> <laughs> was that a deliberate reference? Was that your your nod at that point?
2: Yeah, and uh, again, as Esben was saying, it's like it's so. F- Fun for us, sadly. I mean, we're we're fans of the franchise as well, and I we just had so much fun with this, and you know, uh, showing where he got his his look, and, yeah. and uh, I also think it's a very sweet moment, you know, with his crew paying him tribute, and mm-hmm. that's also where we start the movie, where after the failed bank heist, yeah. where he expects them to give him tribute, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. And then we go back to why he expects that. So. Yeah, and
3: that the journey, his journey becomes a part of him, also in a physical way, it's, mm. really, it's really interesting. So, mm. it's part of creating the character, definitely.
1: Absolutely. Um, you, you start, Jack, though, at probably his lowest ebb in the five movies yes i mean so even though he doesn't change there obviously circumstances around him have changed and there's almost a sense with with jack in this this movie that he is a tragic figure he really doesn't want anything to do with what is happening he is uh, at some points unaware of what is happening to him he doesn't really have the connection with salazar he doesn't really remember him that much that's a very interesting thread to pursue with this character can you talk about uh, about that and how much
3: sure i mean he's he's lost his mojo yeah he doesn't have the black pearl he's not even on sea anymore so uh that's where we meet him and we just felt that was an interesting place to to start mm. uh because that would give him somewhere to go without again uh yeah screwing with that character arc that doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, we just felt it was an interesting setting to see him in, you know, on a on a ship on shore. Like yes. the that times equivalent of a trailer park.
2: Yes. Yeah, and I think also the addition was to sh- somehow show his you know, proverbial wants and needs. You know, when he when he puts the the, the 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 black pearl trapped in the bottle on the railing of the of his of his uh, shitty ship <laughs> yes and then kind of pretending that he sees it sailing on the horizon you yeah. know um and that's you're right i th- i don't think you've seen that kind of uh uh, desire or or wants in, mm. in Jack Sparrow before mm. we, we wanted to do that because
3: we also wanted the audience to feel for him mm-hmm. in a way uh, so it, it was just an interesting place to
1: go with a character for mm. us and then just uh, two very very last quick things uh, I wanted to talk about Jack's compass and at what point you guys and, and Jeff Nathanson decided that that was going to be important as well it's something that he's had with him for four movies yeah. Uh and you, suddenly now it becomes even more important than it has been in the past.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're you're touching on something that was probably the the hardest nut to crack uh, from a story point of view. It was something we spent a long time on because we needed some kind of a element, some kind of a key to uh, to unlock uh, Salazar from from the. The his hellish prison mm. in the triangle and uh, so that's that's a little bit where it started actually where you know what can we use and then what do we have what kind of tools do we have and we we went back into the mythology and of course the, the, the compass is one of the most prominent um, gadgets or whatever that that uh, Jax had or that everybody wants mm um so we just you know started from there and we, it, it took a long time to, to kind of you know solve it and you know where does it come in and in the, in the origin story can we do it like this is mm. there any other uh you know with the mythology of the compass and does it work and and all of that and uh hopefully you'll think well we we did crack it you know somehow
3: yeah we we sort of added the flip side because everybody knew that that it the compass will point to what you want the most mm. and then we added the, the flip side that if you give it away you, it will release your greatest fear
1: so so don't buy one in the gift shop and Be give it away no, and it's also kind recommend. of
2: classic that it comes with a warning
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> as indeed do zombie sharks which is the last thing I wanted to ask about Zombie Sharks. Uh, I don't really, <laughs> really I don't really have a question. I just wanted to say Zombie Sharks. Zombie Sharks. <laughs> Go and see that.
3: Didn't know you wanted them, but now,
1: now you do. Now they're here. All I can think about is Zombie Jaws. I want to see Jaws 5 with Zombie Sharks. I want to see a crossover. We wanted to create a new genre. Yeah, yeah. And you have. Congratulations. <laughs> well done, gents. Thank you very much. Dave. Thank you so Thank much you. for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so that was uh, Joachim Running and Espen Sandberg. That was them talking about their movie and now it is uh, us talking about the movie and by us, of course, I mean myself, Helen O'Hara. Hello. And James Dyer. Dar. Gar. Indeed. Uh, now, where do we stand in this movie, people?
0: Well, I mean, I thought it was better than certainly the last one and probably the last two. Okay. Um, nowhere up near the... Level of the first one. I don't think any of the pirate sequels have been, but I, I was at least um, entertained by lots of it. I liked uh, quite a bit of the action. I thought they did a very good job with that, um, and I quite like the young sort of lovers' story this time around. But there was mm-hmm. just so much going on that always kind of annoys me. I want, I, I like my my plots a little bit more streamlined. I think so. You've got more time for actual people. So. Mm. This one had just so much because you had Barbosa and you had Sparrow and you had Salazar all with these competing aims and David Wenham's person. Oh, David who, who Wenham. Who definitely had a character. I mean, <laughs> they, I just didn't need quite so many complications, I guess.
4: Yeah. James, what on earth was it about? I have absolutely no clue. I followed at a distance, but it seemed very much to me the biggest problem with this film is it didn't have any internal logic whatsoever. Like, it didn't... I mean, the compass MacGuffin was clearly... They worked backwards to get that in there. (laughs) Like, they clearly thought, we need a way to get him out of this curse. And, ooh, he's got a compass. It's magic. Let's use that. So you've heard the interview then?
1: Do they address (laughs) that? Yeah, It's not a million miles away. And... You know, you get the sense from the two of them that they may not have been 100% in charge of every decision made in the movie. Mm. But I thought they were well-intentioned, and I think a lot of the things that don't come off in the film, it's not it's it, it's it's not for
4: the want of trying. Well, <laughs> the road to pirate hell is paved with good intentions. This is true. And um, I, I I don't think this is better than on Stranger Tides necessarily. I think it's sort of it's in the same barnacle-encrusted footlocker that that thing resides in. Oh, it's, like, um, it's more recognisable pirates for me. Yeah, it was, not, if, well, they, they it try to be the first to, movie? Yeah, it's yeah. trying to be, but then you look at this and you look at the first movie and the contrast is stark, because the first movie is excellent. And certainly for my mind, I feel a little bit like each one has got progressively worse. Like I would take uh, Dead Man's Chest and um, At Well's End probably over this and Stranger Tides any day of the week. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's all degrees by that point, isn't it? And I think the problem is it gets confused. The first one isn't hot on plot. The mythology isn't an essential part of it. But it's, it keeps the thing simple. It doesn't overcomplicate matters. And I think they've got increasingly Byzantine with, you know, the the pirate hearts and ghosts and curses and magic items. And it's all this stuff. They kind of twist themselves in knots. Whereas it was quite simple. You know, it was a ghost pirate, uh, a ship, zombies, a monkey gold you know what i mean you didn't need to overcomplicate complicate this by this point you've got a curse you've got the flying dutchman which is a curse you've got a magic trident that does something telekinetic i mean there's so much in there and then you've got a ghost pirate except he's not a pirate in fact he hates pirates but he is a ghost and why are there so many zombie crew members just roaming the seas why is this a thing it's very very confusing for me yeah (laughs) Poor james it, yeah, and and barbosa he's alive but he was dead but he was dead at the beginning but then they resurrected him and now he's alive but then he died but will he come back again is he going to come back as a zombie will he come back as a pirate who knows that's thought, but, to they, dream, yeah. but
0: this is the thing I mean you know I've talked before uh, recently about my theory that every bad guy eventually becomes a good guy mm-hmm. um, it usually takes about three films and well it, what do you yeah, know
1: that's essentially what it did with him three films he was, yeah yeah
0: um, he actually not not just becomes a quite good guy he gets a heroic death for God's sake he does ridiculous madness
4: I just also Brendan Thwaites didn't really feel like he had a lot to do I mean you could cut him out of this film and quite happily I would think and it would you know toddle along nicely without him I don't think you need him Kyle Kyla Scudellario I thought was quite good I don't think she had a great deal to work with but I think she herself is good um, I,
0: I actually thought Thwaites did quite a good job, I have to say.
4: Really? Yeah, I didn't I found exp- it very bland. He's the ready-salted crisps of this film, I thought.
0: I quite like a ready-salted crisp well, now and again. That speaks
4: of, I bet you eat vanilla ice cream as well, don't you?
0: I mean, only with things. You mm. don't have vanilla on its Is he a
4: crisp ridiculous. or is he a kettle chip?
0: I don't know the difference.
4: No,
1: I mean, do I.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm not following your metaphor.
1: <laughs> well, kettle chips are slightly more expensive versions of crisps that you buy in pubs.
0: Well, I mean, we've got the original kettle chip, I guess, in this, in the shape of Orlando Bloom.
1: We do, don't we?
0: I did really like the little scene at the beginning where, you know, the sort of the 10-year-old Henry goes out to meet his dad. I thought that was really nicely played and it was actually quite emotional and it gave that character a little bit of Mm -hmm. heft that he wouldn't Mm -hmm. otherwise have had. I really liked that. Explain Um, it to me.
4: Explain to me that sequence. Because that is, you may end up explaining okay. the entire film to me so because he, I don't understand. He, yeah. Henry figures out where
1: the Flying Dutchman yeah. is, and he knows that his dad is on there because at the end of the at this, at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean three, if you remember, the Will has taken on the curse of Davy Jones, and he is condemned to be the captain of the Flying Dutchman. Yes, which means he can only step upon land once, once every, every ten, ten years. years. So the end of that uh, is is uh, Will going off to meet Elizabeth Swan for some. Hot, rumpy, pumpy, and uh, old one shot will there manages to, uh, you know. <whistles> <whistles>
4: Yes, I got, the, I, I got how reproduction works. Okay, that sorry, part, yes. I understood. Christ, that, that was covered a while ago. But So he drops an anchor and he gets on the deck. Oh, and yeah, basically,
0: how. he he threatens to he, he almost drowns himself, so his dad turns up to kind of rescue him. So he's oh, not so that's what's line. happening? Yeah. Right, because I In just order thought, so to he touches to the deck and the ship
4: comes up, why is the, and then the ship goes down again, why is the ship going down again? I wondered if there were rules here that I just wasn't aware of.
0: No, I think I think his dad just can't like hang out forever, basically, because he's not allowed to by the curse, okay. is the idea. Fine. That's what I sort of took from it. But I thought that was a nice little scene, and then that sets up his sort of obsessive quest, yeah. um, and then that gives him something in common with with Karina, even though she's coming at it from a completely different angle, or thinks she is. <gasps> what do now, you know?
1: I liked the aspect of tying it into Will and Elizabeth mm. and the idea of the curse, and that was all fun and fun and games. Uh, what it does, of course, is set up a really confusing timeline because it's roughly what twenty years on from the end then of at world's end so you're mm-hmm. thinking what 25 years maybe on from the end of the first pirates maybe
0: I don't think there's that much time between the first okay. and third pirates I think they're f- fairly close together and I think years, she was yeah? knocked up at the end of the th- <laughs> as it were she was basically pregnant already when he gets the curse so when he right. when you see him coming back after 10 years oh so he's not years, coming up to no, when he comes of back course. after ten years, the yes. kid's already a kid. So That's this right. is yeah, yeah, yeah. so she's still yeah. only about 36, 37, okay.
1: I think. All right. So Jack's but Jackson is what, late forties, early fifties or so in this in this in this film. And the yeah. interesting thing about this film is, and I thought and uh, I thought that the directors are very interested on it, is uh, is Jack Sparrow. Because I think the film begins to lose momentum the minute he comes into it. And this is not the case, obviously, with the previous parts of the Caribbean films. Uh, certainly not the case with the first one where he drives the plot in a really weird idiosyncratic Jack Sparrowish mm-hmm. way in this one I don't think this is the Jack Sparrow we met back in the first movie and uh, Sandberg and Ronnie were talking about essentially how they feel that Jack Sparrow shouldn't change that he should be the same person at the end of the movie as he is at the beginning of the film
0: I actually agree with that
1: whether you agree with that okay that's interesting my point is that the person he is at the beginning of the film is not the person he should be.
0: I will also agree with that.
1: Okay, we're done here then. Let's move on. And uh, that was the Empire Podcast. Yeah. Like, Thank like you. No, but I
0: think I think you're right. I think uh, Jack Sparrow is not somebody who changes. He is—he's he's like Seinfeld. He doesn't learn. No yeah. learning. No hugs. Um, no hugs. He just—that's what he is. That's what he does. He—he he, he keeps on keeping on. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. I think the Jack Sparrow we meet in this film is not. Jack Sparrow as of the first film. And I don't know that he's been that that Jack Sparrow in a little while. I don't think he necessarily was in Stranger Tides either. I think that's one of the problems with that film as well. Um but here you're right. He doesn't he doesn't particularly have a scheme. He doesn't particularly have a plan. He doesn't particularly have his own goal. Really, it doesn't feel like. No.
1: The pot- he's just yeah. hanging out. He, he, what he is is actually quite a sad tale. At the, when we meet him, and <laughs> I don't know whether this was deliberate, but when we meet him this character played of course by Johnny Depp is penniless broke
0: mm-hmm.
1: likes his wine his advisors are turning their backs on him kind of weird anyway uh, so
0: I don't I, see any, don't know any there's no that. anything
1: yeah. that could happen in, in real life but uh yeah, this isn't the same Jack Sparrow. This is quite a sad, cautionary tale. This is a man in his late 40s, early 50s, who's a bit of a soak, who's not really getting on with his life. Uh, he's desperately questing after past glories, but he doesn't have the wherewithal to, to make it happen. And I felt a little bit sorry for him, to be honest. Um, and I do wonder whether the fact that this isn't written by uh, Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio mm. might have contributed to lot. It, it feels a bit, to me, like John McClane in Die Hard's 4 and 5. Mm. Still the same person playing him, but something character. slightly off about it. Yeah, and it never quite recovers from that.
0: They were always quite clear that he was meant to be like a Figaro character, like he's meant to be the trickster, and and there's not a whole lot of tricking in this at all, really. I mean, the the, the closest you get really is then the flashback to him as a, you know, teenage cabin boy or whatever the heck he's meant to be in that <laughs> sequence. Yeah. Um. So it, yeah, you're right. I mm, not great. Yeah. Can we can we skip to the end for a second? I skip to the end. Can we skip to the post credit scene?
1: <laughs> of course, I can.
0: Um, because we're pretty clear that destroying the Trident of Poseidon has broken all the curses. Yes. Why the buggering heck, uh-huh. then? Yeah. Do we see what appears to be Davy Jones as shadow? What's up with that?
4: Yeah, it's it's almost as if they haven't thought it through.
0: I mean, but okay, but assuming they have. What
4: remind me? What happened to David Jones at the end of At Well Done?
1: As you can see, we prepared for this (laughs) by rewatching all the parts. He was like
0: super dead. He's dead. He's dead.
4: So, so maybe death was his curse, and it's now broken.
1: No, but like he was
0: dead because his heart had been destroyed. So he was kept alive because his heart was in a box, basically. And if his heart, and then his heart was like his weak point. If somebody actually stabbed the heart, then he'd die. And then they did, and so he died.
1: But maybe, but here's the thing, if it is him at the end of the uh, post-credits sting,
0: Well, who else he, has a beard that kind of Well, tentacles. yeah Well, yes,
1: and of course, you know, Ronnie and Sandberg were basically like, oh, it could be, maybe, <laughs> yes, it's him. But uh, why would he not, why would he just disappear? Why would he just go to where Will and Elizabeth are? Sleeping, watch him like a really creepy pervert, and then just leave again. But leaving, what, his teeth or bits of his tentacles on the floor? Maybe, maybe he. uh, Anyway,
0: I mean, like, no. Will and Elizabeth did. They were the ones to stab his heart with Jack.
1: Yeah. So that would be a reason to
0: come for them. But why not just kill him? Maybe he's about to, and then it just stops too soon.
1: (laughs) Maybe he only lives in the dream world now. Maybe let's let's think about that. Let's think about that. Maybe he's He's like Freddy. He's like Freddy. That's not. Um. Yeah, there's there's a number of questions I have about things like Barbosa's timeline and, you know, the the redemptive arc. I quite like the fact that he had a redemptive arc. I mean, I know it's a little bit predictable, but Jeffrey Rush is a really good actor and he deserves something to to do in these movies. And I thought he brought it. It, You know, I thought he sold it because it was introduced so late in the day. I kind of almost feel that Jack Sparrow is going to be revealed as her dad. And then the the movie kind of goes, oh, Barbosa's here as well. Uh, and makes it work. Just I, about. I
0: think. I, I think. I always thought it was going to be Barbosa, but that may be because I'd read about an earlier draft of the script where it was openly Bar- Barbosa's daughter. So okay. Yeah. Um, I do like Barbosa. Yeah, he's good. I just. I mean, he's fun. he also feels massively overused in this series. Like he was a, you know, he was the villain of the first one. He was mm. very much a supporting character after that, and he he keeps kind of just clinging on to more and more screen time. Maybe it's just because everybody loves Geoffrey Rush and I, I suppose I can't blame them. But He
4: he does the best authentic pirate voice. I think that's his... Uh. <laughs> oh, here's an interesting fact. Do you know why all pirates sound like they come from Bristol?
0: Because they all did.
4: Well, well, funnily enough, that is actually kind of true and I <laughs> actually read up on this. During the golden age of piracy... It said, on a website, which was almost certainly true, (laughs) in the late 17th and early 18th century, many English pirates came from this region. Look up famous sea dogs from the era and you'll find the birthplaces in Bristol, Devon and Cornwall. But of course, that isn't the reason. Um, It's because the most famous screen pirate from around the 50s was Robert Newton, who was um, from Dorset. And he had a thick West Country accent and he was in Treasure Island uh, and Blackbeard the Pirate and Long John Silver and a bunch of other stuff. And... Because he sounded like he's from the West Country, though I clearly don't. Um, that's why people think pirates are. So that's the ah, thing. Well, although, although an extra layer to this. Oh my God! Is <laughs> yeah, I've gone down the rabbit hole. Long John Silver and Blackbeard uh, are were apparently from that part of the world, so it was also quite authentic. Can we make you walk the plank? You can.
1: You that told wasn't,
0: me off for talking too much about Wonder Woman. I'm just my saying. God, I thought man. that was a that's, really interesting yeah.
1: fact. Maybe on my own. If you want to hear James tell uh, Helen off for talking too much about Wonder Woman, that's in a different podcast. <laughs> that's in this week's regular podcast. Go and check that one out. Uh, okay, let's take some very very quick questions from the, from the <laughs> readers. I do send a general disdain for this film a general sense of apathy towards this film uh, as evidenced by the fact we got very very few questions literally the first one was and I'm not kidding what's wrong with Johnny Depp oh, come on <laughs> come on we um, don't have
0: that long <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. this one's from Scott Clark where does the Paul team think pirates can go uh, it feels like this is just the same it's bad pirates versus Captain Jack and the English cavalry get involved I mean where can I go I mean that it's it, it, I I was actually a little bit disappointed that there was a post credit sting. I'll be honest with you, because it felt to me like this was an end.
0: Yes, it. I, I agree. I it, it all felt like well, that's everything wrapped up. We can all go home now, and then they have that bloody scene. So uh, I I was disappointed by that. I think if they're going to go on, they should try and do something a bit more interesting. I mean, Black Sails on TV at the moment has quite a lot of female pirates that might mix things up a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not just talking about the sort of the Penelope Cruz character last time who was dreadful. Um, But but where
1: was she? Where was she this time? There's not even a mention of her.
0: I mean, anyway, I just, I, I don't know where to go, but I would certainly try and restore the Captain Jack that we have vaguely heard about. And I would maybe have some actual treasure hunting or piracy. That might be quite cool, I think because I
1: I, I I do get I've spoken to a lot of people about this movie and they, they go oh Johnny Depp doing Jack Sparrow again and I think they've forgotten what he was like the first time mm. 2003 what a breath of fresh air that character was the guy was nominated for an Oscar for God's sake for mm. that performance he's amazing in that film and he was so surprising so idiosyncratic and so smart and always a step ahead of everybody he was up against
4: And I just want that that guy back again. The problem is, Pirates movies are Jack Sparrow, but we've had enough of it. It's just not funny anymore. It's old hat now. I I don't think there's much you can do with this franchise at this point to actually make it good. I really don't.
0: Don't say Mm. that, because then they'll try to reboot it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, isn't it Orlando Blue was saying that he thought that's what the plan was going to be? Uh, that they were going to try, but just don't do it. Just l- let it die. Do something else. There are many, many other rides at Disney World. Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Space hey, Mountain, it's the a movie. Small world, well, yeah. yeah. Did anyone think it was weird that Jack didn't go on
1: shore to say hello to Will and Elizabeth? I mean, I know, yeah, you know they, they shot it in England. He didn't come over. I think
4: that's the main reason. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he had his dogs Pistol and Boo on the ship with him. He couldn't bring him in. Uh, Fari uh, asks, uh, why doesn't Kira Knightley speak? What's that about?
4: Oh, I don't know. It's a legitimate question. Would they have had to pay her more? Is there like a is there <laughs> a contractual that's thing genuine there? genuine
1: feeling in that, yeah. That, uh, you know, yes. And also, she can only say, as we know, my name is Domino Harvey. So <laughs> I'm, a I'm, a bounty bounty hunter. Hunter. I'm a bounty hunter. am a bounty hunter. Where was Bootstrap Bill? Where is he? We're still in Give us still in Scar's you monsters. Okay. That was from Chris Aidey, by the way. <laughs> that wasn't just me randomly saying something. Uh, all right. Uh, a lot of the questions we got sent in. Are people saying, should they call it a day? Uh, I got a number of variations, sadly. Because I don't think this film's a bad film. I think it's, it's, it's okay. You know, it's fine in places. It goes off the rails in others. Uh, we got a lot of people saying, Why? <laughs> Simply. And the question, the answer to that, of course, is that the last one made over a billion Cha-ching. dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they were hoping to do the same with this one. It doesn't look as if they're going to, but uh, there you go. Should we talk about Paul McCartney? Uh, Timo Matt asks As Keith Richards and Paul McCartney are pretty good on guitar and bass, which aging drummer should join them in Pirate Six? My phone goes to Ringo Starr. <laughs> I mean, that would make sense, wouldn't it, James? Dun- J- how many drummers do you know, James?
0: Okay. How about all of the Spinal Tap drummers?
1: <laughs> as Ghost
0: Pirates
1: <laughs> just exploding
0: <laughs> on,
1: on air just you know boom, boom 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 uh, Ringo's the obvious choice isn't it? yeah yeah? lovely Ringo James do you, can you name a drummer? you're <laughs> yes. looking at me with such an air of yes. panic
4: M- M- Mr. Drums the drummer from the band that I like you, that one you like band you like music I don't understand this Chris Cornell started out as a drummer before he became a um, vocalist and guitarist, well, Dave, Dave Grohl. Yeah, Dave Grohl. Dave uh, Grohl uh, Meg White, isn't she? Drums. He's, he's actually. Dave, um, look at
0: that. Yeah. Who's what? I was just thinking, Dave Grohl's done some acting here Dave and Grawl, there. Yeah, he's, he's done d- some cameos. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, he played the devil in Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny. He's he's been in the Muppets and yeah,
0: uh, you
1: know. yeah. I think he's he's got he's got the chops <sighs> and the charm and the charisma.
0: Okay, stick with me here. Okay. Right, a crossover. Oh. Right. No. Yep. Pirates of the Caribbean, yep. colon, Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> I think I've just solved it. You You're off. welcome.
4: There can we I, go. Can I jump in with another one of my fascinating facts? Yes, go on oh, then. Must... You ready? Okay. On Stranger Tides, obviously wasn't originally a Pirates thing, it's a, it's a, it's a fancy book by, um, uh, what's his name, what's his name, um, um, uh, Tim Powers, and that is the book that inspired the Monkey Island video games. Wow. Fact. Guybrush so Car- Freepwood.
0: Pirates of the Caribbean, colon, Monkey Island. I'd absolutely, that would also
4: without a doubt, watch that. I have to say, and I
1: said this to the directors as well, and they agreed with me, The Dead Men Tell No Tales, the original subtitle of this movie, is a much better subtitle than Salazar's Revenge. Yes. Because in the months before this film is opening, you're looking at it going, who the hell is Salazar? Yeah. And why does he want revenge? Yeah. And the movie doesn't really, I think, satisfactorily answer both of
4: those questions. It mm-hmm. really doesn't. Who was he? And yeah, it, 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 he has a party... Passingly encounters Jack Sparrow, ends up in prison. It's very thin, very, very thin. Mm. I wanted a little bit of backstory there and understanding if you know why he was the scourge of pirates and whatnot. Mm. I think it's kind of you get that little flashback sequence, say, which broadly covers it, mm. but it's, it's a bit of a nod.
0: I did like the way his ship ate other ships though. I thought that was cool.
4: But it, it didn't, it didn't though. You know, it opened in yeah. the kind of in a sort of moonraker styly. Uh, well, you know, it
0: was more like a, I think it was meant to be more like a shark.
4: Well, he just kind of squashed them, didn't he? Because yeah. he didn't actually consume them, they just kind of... No, I'm not, not literally yeah. eating, but like... If it had become a bigger ship every time,
0: that'd that would have been cool. cool. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. I
1: think they'd need to go back and reshoot that now. Mm. Uh, I like his hair.
0: Whose hair?
1: Javier Bardem's hair. Swishy yes. hair. Yes. Yeah, it swishy. It was pretty
0: swishy. Was I like cool. the
1: idea that he was always drowning. Yeah. He was always underwater, even when he was above land. I really like that. Not waving. Yeah, precisely. Uh, Rubber Shark uh, on Twitter says, Are studios overusing the de aging technology? Seems like they're shoehorning it in now. I don't know if, I don't think Disney are going, Hey guys, we're doing it in Pirates of the Caribbean. Are you doing it, Marvel? Yes, we're doing it. Uh, okay, what about you, other studio? But it is one company that does it, isn't it? Lola. It's a company called Lola, yeah. 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 Uh, a
0: few other people have been touching on it now as well. It's not just Lola. Mm. ILM I know can do it as well, yeah. but.
1: Yeah. But Lola have done this year alone they, they, did, they did Guardians and they did this as well and they, they did do they've done all the Marvel the aging mm-hmm. so uh, they're very very good at it I don't know if they're overusing it, it I think it's actually opening a new path for yeah. them to to go down Redcon Alley um, mm-hmm. which is which is interesting I don't know if it entirely worked in this one the CG in this one didn't blow me away as
4: much as young Kurt Russell in Guardians too, but still good He yeah. he needed a younger voice the voice didn't work for for how youthful he was, right? I think that that I bumped on that. It bugged me. He needed uh, his voice needed youthing as well. Perhaps perhaps there's a niche for another company that youths voices. Yeah, maybe there is. I mean, you know that's meant to be young Keith Richards. He meets at the
1: at the end as well, Captain Teague. Obviously, Keith Richards wasn't available, so that's why they got Paul McCartney mm-hmm. in. But uh, you know, a D aged Keith Richards is something beyond the abilities of <laughs> of, of any CG uh, software at the moment. So, uh, but yeah, I, I quite. Don't have a huge problem with it. What did you think of the zombie sharks? Oh, my God, yes, the zombie sharks. The best thing ever. Amazing. I
0: mean, like, the worst thing ever, but, you know, in, a, in, a, in an exciting way.
4: Are we seeing a spin-off? Like zombie nado? <laughs> what a terrifying prospect. Tagline, anything can happen. Yeah.
0: Oh
1: I, I was slightly surprised that... <laughs> good one. I was surprised, surprised that uh, Salazar, whose entire existence seemed to be about killing this man that he met for 30 seconds... Uh, from 500 feet away years and years ago this man who doesn't remember him I thought was an interesting twist that Jack Sparrow has no idea what's happening in this film he has no idea the plot is happening to him or because of him at any point he just seems oblivious to the whole thing but Salazar's whole existence is about getting his revenge even tells you in the title Uh, and it's quite helpful that way and yet he's willing to give the job of actually killing Jack Sparrow to like anyone else like Zombie a sharks? dead shark, yeah, sure. Zombie shark, you go and kill him. I will not get the satisfaction from this that I, I I want. I thought it was a bit strange. But otherwise, zombie sharks, yes.
0: Yeah. Wedding scene, weirdo wedding scene, who's super no, really gross, hated it.
1: The, which one? The I wedding
0: mean, scene, do you what remember? Was he was kidnapped that? and tried to marry off to somebody's ugly sister.
1: Oh, yes, yes, it yes. It was
0: genuinely the worst thing I think I've seen in any of these films. <laughs> I think that's fair, actually. I wanted it was to burn dreadful. the print. It was horrible.
1: Very, just, very strange. Just no. Very strange. Um, all right, so not a lot of questions left. Okay, and I don't think there's really a lot of really much else to talk about with this film, which is which is a bit bit of bit of a shame, I would say. But uh, someone has said that you know there are some really good set pieces, as as you mm. say. You know, I lo- I love that guillotine gag with with Jack Sparrow. Mm. Yeah, that guy, was clever. Constantly the uh, you know getting close to having his his head cut the off. Bank gag is good as well.
4: The kind of fast five thing, even if he's a little bit laboured. Yeah. Well, someone
1: else, Nigel Saunders on Twitter has said. After the blatant drip-off of Fast Five's fault theft, what Amen. other aspects of the Fast and Furious franchise <laughs> can make the switch to the Pirates? <laughs> Movies. Now, obviously, the state. The yes. state would reinvigorate any aging, alien franchise and give it a bit of, you yo, watcha. Yo, yo, watcha, yeah. Yes,
0: You're that right. would be acceptable. Yeah. Um, I, hmm, ooh, we've only seen them in the Caribbean. Maybe they should go up north and have a battle in the ice. No, not really. Um,
1: (laughs) Giant submarine. um,
0: Giant submarine, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you Uh, like that? No, I'm not. No, that's a terrible idea, Chris. Um, It's not my idea. I'm just saying it's a terrible idea of mine. It's fine. Yeah, what else could they steal? I mean, just like all of it, you know, jumping out of an exploding ship, I guess. They kind of did that almost in number three. The Tom Holland death scene was, you know... Somebody walking calmly, quietly through an exploding ship. So, maybe fast seven, fast six stole uh, that six. from them. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, you can't do the skyscrapers thing. Uh, can't is, you? No. Well, you'd need some really, really tall palm trees.
1: Yeah. So boats crashing out of buildings. Yeah. Into other buildings.
0: Well, there. I mean, I, I'm not familiar entirely with the geography of the Caribbean, but there do seem to be an awful lot of a very spiky rocks. So I wonder if they can do something more with those. Yeah. People climbing, clambering over them and down them and that kind of thing.
1: Do you think this is it? Do you think this is? It? I mean, it, ha- it doesn't look if, like it's going to make a million, a billion.
0: If the reports of it costing 230 million to make are correct, uh-huh. which is not beyond the realm of possibility, given that this had quite a protracted production schedule. Um, at the moment, it's doing what for any other film would be an extremely respectable three hundred and sixty-six, nearly million at the moment worldwide. Um, that's not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it's possibly not good enough to sustain that kind of a budget. So, what we might see is it rebooted a little bit at a lower level,
4: like a like a Pintel and regghetti spinoff. Yeah, well, Pintel and you know Lee Arenberg and Mackenzie Crook, notable by their yeah. absence in this one. Um, my understanding of this is that uh, Crook didn't want to do it because huh. he's doing um, what's his TV show, the uh, Detectress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think Aaron uh, Berg was a little bit disappointed that he didn't get to because of it.
1: So, so they, they only come in pairs, is that apparently? Is that it? Yes, they're a double act. Yeah. I enjoyed the double act that replaced them. Um, I thought they were they were quite fun mm-hmm. actually. Um,
0: what Stephen Graham and Kevin McNally?
1: Uh, Stephen Graham's been in it for ages, and well, yeah, uh, but, so is Kevin McNally. But, but they were both the, um, kind of bumped up a little bit. The uh, the, the specifically the double act that replaced him were oh by the way Bruce Spence is in this movie which surely further cements his claim to be the box office champ of all time because now he's been in and Star Wars in Lord of the Rings he is the guy Mayor Dix you know the guy that Jack Sparrow wakes up in the in the safe yes. with the guy, and he goes, "Oh, that's my wife! Oh no!" I missed that. Yeah. yeah, so that's Bruce Spence, and he's been in Mad Max and all sorts of stuff, and uh, so he's been in loads and loads of movies that have made lots and lots of lots of money, which is uh, which is lovely for him because there were two guys. One of them was from like Playaway or Playdays or something, like, like a TV show I used to grow up watch growing up as a, as a kid, and they were like the two buffoonish pirates who were brought in to replace Mackenzie Crook. And was the other guy's name? Uh, Lee Ehrenberg. Lee Arenberg. Um I thought they were quite fun, actually, the sort of you know, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the, of the, of the movie. Uh, David Wenham completely wasted, sadly. Really? A bit but of a what shame. What was
4: the purpose? That He had no impact on the plot at all.
1: Yeah, bit of a shame. Bit of a shame. But, uh, you know, overall, enjoyable enough. Better than the last one. Uh, if it is to be the final one, it's not quite a high, but you take it. Yeah, Okay. Okay. So there we go. Uh, That is it for our Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Salazar's Revenge, or Dead Men Tell Their Tales, whatever title you want to put on it, a spoiler special. Uh, Our next spoiler special will be for The Mummy, uh, and that is going to be with the director of that film, Alex Kurtzman. Helen has seen The Mummy, she is heavily mumbargoed. I am, yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's going to be coming out on July, tw- June, June 12th, June 12th. That's when The Mummy's going to be out on our spoiler special. After that, the next one's going to be... Baby Driver? I think Baby Driver's the next one with Edgar Wright. Uh, so, all very, very exciting. If you like our spoiler specials, keep your eyes peeled for those, ears peeled for those. This is a podcast. Uh, and also... We're not doing a Wonder Woman Sporter special per se, certainly on a podcast, but we will be doing something. So check our Facebook and Twitter feeds, both Empire Magazine and our individual feeds for news of that. That'll be next week. Um, and of course, if you don't already listen to the regular podcast, it's out every Friday. So do check that out and uh, subscribe to iTunes if you don't already. Right, that is it. Uh, thank you to James Dyer. You're welcome. It's goodbye from Helen O'Hara. Arr! <laughs> And it's goodbye for me. I'm off to splice the main brace. But first, I'm going to Google splice the main brace. I believe it's something to do with hacking. So, looking forward to that. Uh, thanks for listening. i have be Chris Hewitt. See you next time.